What is going on? Welcome to another episode of the Hey Mark podcast, where I, Mark, usually talk about mental health and self-development and kind of just try and spark up these types of conversations. But if you're just joining us for the first time today, or if you're a returning uh, listener or watcher, viewer, whatever it is, um, you know, recently I've been sharing, you know, clips from the group that I've started recently. We have, you know, weekly Zoom calls. We also have daily conversations on WhatsApp. We basically just get to talk about these types of things. We're creating a community around self-development, mental health, and the struggles that we all go through. And so I wanted to share these clips so you guys can get a better idea of what the group sounds like. And this week we were chatting a lot about anxiety. So without further ado, I'm just gonna jump right into it and you guys can kind of hear about it. And if you wanna join something like this or literally join this, then hit me up on Instagram. I'll have my username here at the bottom of the screen uh, for those of you watching that. And then, uh, yeah, I'll link it in the show notes as well for anybody listening to the podcast. But reach out to me if you want to join a community like this. Or sorry, I keep saying that, but literally reach out to me if you want to join this community. And I'll make sure that you become a part of it ASAP. But let's jump right into these clips. And uh, you guys can hear what it's all about. Maybe you guys can like kind of... Uh guide me a bit better but i was thinking like do you guys deal more like with anxiety of like kind of long term like over looming like kind of like that like um like that dark cloud that kind of follows you that voice that rings in the back of your head like all day like is that kind of like because that's kind of more um some people's experience and then some people are just like they get like that like shotgun fucking shell straight to the chest like that short term like overwhelming instant like situational like anxiety that like spikes you down like what like what do you guys fucking do like what's like because like i'm actually it's kind of weird to think about like we always think that other people feel the same way we do so like i'm curious to see like what you guys experience is like i don't know what you guys i get uh, i get like a shock and show like i get like this like drop in my stomach so bad that uh, my biggest fear is that they manage the vaccine for for construction because then I'm fucked, like, like I'm screwed, and that's and I get like, like I almost feel like my whole world is just turning. When it first came down, when that passport first came about, there was guys in my work that like were super like pro mandate. Like there's these guys that just love the idea of that, and then they're like, and then I, and they knew I was unvaccinated. They were always mad at me for that shit, and they said one of these days, man's gonna be mandated for work, man. You're fucked. You're gonna starve. And I, and I got so upset over that. And I was like, oh, man, fuck me. And the thing is, I would have started. I don't care. Fuck it. So the way I go. That's the way I go. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's, it just feels like, it just feels like, you know, if ever been a roller coaster, you're at the top, you're about to drop. No, I'm scared of heights, man. I never did that. Uh, roller coasters, are, I fuck with. I love roller coasters. So it's so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Roller coasters are different kind of heights. But, um, yeah, when you're about to drop, man, you feel like your whole world is just freaking, you feel like you're dying. And that's kind of how I feel with these mandates, man. Like, if they were to come for construction, oh, man, like, what do I do? And I don't know if you've ever been on the freaking website uh, on Facebook, um, the group where it talks about BC against the health pass. And there's a lot of workers on, on there that have lost their job. And they talk about the horrors. Like some of these people have really, really suffered. 
Like, there's people out there that have considered because they lost their job, they're financially just so screwed. And there's just a lot of them give in, and I just, I just can't do that. Yeah, it's pretty brutal, man. Too hard. Yeah. Not even just with, like, uh, restrictions, though. Like, just in general. Like, just, like, with anxiety as well. Like, I don't know how you guys experience it. Like, if it's, like, kind of more like like a... Yeah, like, I guess that's the way, the best way to put it is, like, a long-term, like, looming kind of thing. Like, we were kind of... Like, I was kind of talking about it with a couple of people yesterday where it's, like, for me, at least, I kind of more deal with like that that kind of anxiety where it's like long term, like over over like kind of like over like not overwhelming, but it's kind of like I call it like a ten percent anxiety all the time. <laughs> like it's like kind of like just always there a little bit, and uh, for me, like it influences everything, like my thoughts, like the way I behave sometimes, like. Um, one of the biggest things that I get anxious about, honestly speaking, is time. Like, I'm always like, you know, fuck, like, I feel like I'm running late. Like, did I do enough today? Like, this, like, I don't think I have enough time to do the things I need to do. Like, I'm always making lists. I'm always, like, kind of nervous. I'm going to run out of time or forget to do something. And I'm like, fuck, I didn't do that thing. I meant to do that. And then. I like for like my anxiety that it always tells me like, um, you know, maybe that's why you're not where you want to be because you didn't do enough of those things. You didn't get enough done. You didn't use your time wisely. You know, like, um, so that's like the root of my anxiety a lot of the time. Like it's kind of like what's, you know, where like time makes me super anxious so like it's kind of like something that like uh looms over a little bit like it's kind of like always like even like i'm just always looking at the time at the clock i'm like fuck did i you know but um yeah i don't know about you guys like what like how i don't know like do you guys kind of deal more like hyro says he deals more with like that like shotgun burst like that's what my buddy was saying yesterday who i was talking to he's like saying to, to me he's like or sometimes when I'm at work or, you know, someone says, I, like, if I get in a certain situation or someone says a certain thing, like, I just lock up. Like, it, it feels like my chest locks up. I can't, like, kind of speak at all. I can't, like, do anything or say anything. So I either just, like, stay silent or I just leave. And, uh, you oh, know. Leaving's like, the best. Pardon me? Leaving's the best, like, just getting out of that situation literally just kicking that's the best man like i when i get feel that meltdown in my fucking body like it feels like you just got shot by like a freaking cannon and you just feel like oh my god you just feel like you're dying uh it's just fucking kicking getting out of that situation is the best thing to do yeah i mean it depends on like what your uh your response is right like carolyn do you do more like long-term short-term just like uh um I more relate to what you said, Mark. Um, I don't know. Like, I kind of would liken it to just, like, an itch that you can't scratch. Or just, like, being held in anxiety, but, like, not with, like, a hand around your throat. Just kind of 
like someone is restricting you, but they're not squeezing you to death. You know, they're just holding, holding you hostage a little bit. That's like that's kind of my, like, um, I do get like Hyro, what you described. I do get that sometimes. And definitely like this week, this last week or so I've had like a couple of like, I guess not panic attacks, but like anxiety attacks. Um, um, I've dealt with that a little bit. Um, but mostly, yeah, this anxiety, this like feeling inside that like, you know, something's going to go wrong, you know, I'm going to die or, you know, I don't have even like Mark, what you said, like, I don't have time to get everything done. Um, yeah, I, I definitely relate to that a little bit more. Um, it just never really goes away. Yeah, that's kind of how I am. It's from like the second I wake up. That's like why I'm up in the mornings early. Like it's like I wake up and then I go to hit snooze and I'm like, fuck, I'm going to feel like garbage again. Like that's like literally like it's like. Uh, <laughs> it's so funny. man. It's like sometimes it's like the uh, yeah, just like the be like fuck i know that i'm gonna feel bad if i do x y or z so i just don't want to do this again today like i just i keep i feel like a lot of the time i keep giving myself like okay one more one more one more you know like and it's like man i don't know mel what do you think like is it more like kind of short-term long-term for you like um it's i would say like the five ten percent thing is more like it um if i'm being completely honest i don't deal with a ton of anxiety um i i think for me and maybe it is anxiety i'm just not identifying it that way but i have a lot of stress like i view it more as like stress and it's a lot with time um, so like the, what you were talking about is very much how I feel, um, at work all the time. Um, just trying to make sure I get everything done. Cause in the past, especially I would just work late if I needed to. Now I can't cause I have to leave and I have to go to school. So I'm, I feel like I'm constantly racing against time. Um, and then if I don't get certain things done, um, I, I think about it a lot and then I feel the need to like check my phone to check my work emails like what if this person is going to email me to see to ask like why this hasn't been done yet or something and like it, it pretty much never happens but I'm always worried it's going to happen and so that's a little bit of anxiety I think um, and I get that way a little bit for school too if there when I know that there's projects and this and that coming up um and then I'm like at work and I know there's nothing I can do to start working on it so I feel like the race against time is pretty huge for me um and then another thing and this is kind of like when I was talking about feeling lazy um and I think I do get a little bit anxious about this but um with the lack of physical activity I do because I pretty much I'm sitting let's say from 8 30 in the morning till at like 11 o'clock at night Monday to Friday and I really want to prioritize physical health but 
I there's there's not like a lot I can do during the day to prioritize that um, because I, I'm sitting like I, I you know there's certain things I can do to stretch it out and take a 20 minute break here and there but there's really not like I can't go for a run I can't like go for a bike ride one day soon I'll be able to go to the gym again but all of these things um, I just like I don't want to make an excuse and I think that's the other thing is I don't want to make excuses and then I get anxious about <laughs> trying to like say that I can't do physical activity because of these things and then I think I'm making excuses for myself and then I call myself lazy and then I'm like I'm pregnant I need to be even more active like I need to make sure my like I'm treating my body really well because I don't know so basically I guess maybe sometimes I confuse like anxiety and stress um, and overthinking and stuff and I don't know if I use the right words but Maybe it's all the same feeling. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um, part of like the difficult part is like defining it. So like, I don't know like what you guys would define it. Like for me, I just essentially think of like, and this is a pretty simplistic explanation, but like, I think like, I put it this way. Depression is living in the past and anxiety is living in the future. That's the way I look at it. So if I'm feeling like shit and I'm like, fuck, I'm such a fucking idiot. It's because I'm living in the past of something that I've done. And then I associate that with my identity. Like, oh, I made this mistake. Oh, I did this. And then, oh, I must be that. Like the same way, Mel, you're like, oh, I missed this workout. I haven't been active. I must be lazy. I'm lazy, right? Like, it's like kind of like you just convince yourself and you attach that. Like, it's like the same thing as like for me, uh, like I would always say like the same, same like some similar things. I would say like, oh, I'm like, I'm not smart. I'm not, I'm fucking dumb. I'm not book smart. I'm street smart. Like I was making that joke with someone yesterday. I'm like, I'm not book smart. I'm street smart. Like, what does that mean? Like, I'm not a fucking drug dealer. Like, I fucking grew up in the suburbs of Richmond. Like I know like street names, like that's it. Like I'm not like, you know, so it's like, you just haven't been doing those things or you, you have, and so you're living in the past. And like, I consider that, I consider that like a depression because you're like depressing yourself. You're literally depressing yourself, living in the past. And, um, yeah, and then anxiety is the opposite. It's living in the future. And so, like, that's, like, when you're seeing a lot of people right now, like, with the restrictions being lifted, and realistically, yeah. we should rejoice at that. Or at least, at the very least, be like, yeah, this is how it should be. Like, there should be some positive, you know, like, it should, maybe you come from the perspective of, like, hey, this shouldn't be celebrated because it should be normal. But at the very least, like, you should be like, yeah, this is good. Like, it should have it like uh like a like almost like an instinctive good feeling like you should feel good about that but then a lot of people are like well, well what about what's going to happen in the fall and because they're living like in the future and not in the present like there's like that anxiety that stress whatever word you want to use like mm -hmm. overthinking like there's a term 
in psychology called rumination. Like rumination is like when you like uh, repeat the same thoughts over and over again. So it could be something from the past, like a situation that happened. Like that's what used to happen to me all the time. Like I would replay social situations in my head. Like when I said something I shouldn't have said or whatever it was, and I'd be up at night for hours. Like that's like how legit what would happen to me. And then it got to the point where then I would ruminate about things that haven't even happened yet. I would literally just be sitting there replaying imaginary events in my head. Like what could happen if I go, you know, maybe to a job interview or to whatever it could be. And it's like, what if I'm going to make myself look like a fucking idiot or like, you know, it could be literally anything. So, um, it's just kind of like living in the future. And so for me, like a lot of the time, whether it's like that kind of, um, you know, that one kind of feeling like when you, when you get like that short term anxiety where you have that kind of shotgun to the chest, like, or you have that long term, like kind of like I always like I say, like that 10 percent anxiety, but all the time, like Carolyn says, like it's like I, I like it's like trying to walk like for like a kilometer, like if someone's like, yo, go walk for a kilometer. But then like a really small person just grabbed both of your ankles and you just had to drag them. Like, it's like, you can still walk, but you've got like 30 extra pounds or you're pregnant, you know, like, it's like, you have to walk, but then you're, you have something inside you that weighs more. So it's like, uh, yeah. And, and it's not really like a burden that other people can see. That's the funny thing. So like, if you were to visualize like someone walking, like with someone hanging on both their angles, but then you couldn't see the thing that was hanging on both their angles. So they're just walking kind of fun. That's basically what anxiety is. That's yeah. my definition of it. But, um, and then- I think I focused a lot too on physical symptoms of anxiety because that's something that I've recently in the last couple of years experienced or actually just before COVID. Um, and that is actually something I hadn't experienced before, but the like crazy heartbeat, the like shortness of breath, the constant butterflies in the stomach, the like excessive sweating and stuff like that was what I was always attributing anxiety to, but maybe that's just a lot more hardcore anxiety. Um, it depends. It depends. I mean, everyone has their own different, like some people, like there's certain people that when they're anxious, they'll fucking pick the skin off their thumbs. Like there's some people that like, uh, I, I personally, like I get that like um, shortness of breath, like I'll definitely get, like when I was having really bad panic attacks, like I would get like fucking um, asthma attacks because of my panic attacks. I would be like, couldn't breathe. And then I would get shorter and shorter. It would be like pretty bad. I like, uh, I used to have to have an inhaler because they could like, it was like kind of indistinguishable between like a panic attack and a, and an asthma attack. And it was probably a mixture of both, but I used to use an inhaler for that, but then, uh, I, I don't use an inhaler anymore. So it's, uh, I've been working a lot on my breathing because of that. And I deal with breathing issues as is, so it kind of sucks, but, um, for me, when I think of like the physiological things, and that's but that was actually one of the things that helped. Hey, me. yo, I got a kick. I yo, peace out, man. Enjoy the peace enjoy the hike. Peace out, people. Thanks for coming through. But um, 
for me, that was one of the things that helped me actually kind of understand anxiety better was thinking about the physiological um, kind of impact. Like I had someone explain to me at one point, he's like, think about the feeling you have, like, kind of like on Christmas, like before, like when you're a kid, like when you're a little kid and it's like the night before your birthday or it's the night before you go on a vacation, like whatever it could be. And you get that, like, kind of, you can't sleep. You have that butterflies in your stomach. You're like, what's going to happen? Like, whatever, what have you. And uh, you're, like, excited. And then, um, you know, you're, you're like, really stoked. You're, like, kind of muscles lock up. You're like, hell yeah. Like, I'm so excited. Like, I can't sleep. It's all I can think about. It's consuming my thoughts. And then you think about, like, well, what's anxiety? And it's, like, well, the same thing. And so you know one of one of my uh old mentors he's like saying like it's just living in the future like that's all it is like excitement and anxiety are the same physiological experiences but because we attach emotions to them we experience them so differently even though it's the same physical feeling of like that pit in your stomach your muscles that's like what happens to me a lot of the time is like my muscles tense up like for me, like one of the easiest ways to trigger an anxiety feeling is heights. Like I talk about that all the time, like at work, if I'm on the top of a ladder, like my legs will like, I'll sometimes I'll look down and I'm like, my legs are fully flexed. Like every muscle in my leg, like why? I know how to stand. Like, this is no different. Like, it's so weird. And it happens like even little things like, I love skiing. And if I go skiing every single time when I'm on the chairlift, I'm like, holy fuck, 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 fuck. Like I'm fucking, I'll look down and I'm like white knuckle gripping the bar on the ski lift. Like I just, every height kind of makes me feel like that. So just kind of being aware of like the physiological feeling of, um, of like, oh shit, this is like, I'm starting to feel this. I'm starting to like kind of panic. I'm starting, like for me, like that's like a huge, once I feel that trigger, like I'm like, oh, it's happening. So then now I just know, keep breathing, keep doing like, you, you know, for me, like that's kind of like the, the, the alert and everyone has their own kind of reactions. Like, I mean, I, I'm not gonna pretend like everyone kind of feels the same way that I do like there's like kind of we always hear about like fight or flight but there is like the third option fight flight or freeze really and um everyone has their own kind of way that they react to anxiety like some people freeze up some people like they're like like Hiro was saying he's like getting out of that situation is the best thing like he wants to go towards flight for me, I want to go towards fight. That's my default. Like I'm like, every time I get anxious, every time I'm kind of feeling any struggle or adversity, it my brain defaults to this is an opportunity to win. This is a, this is a fight right now. And that's the way like my brain defaults, but everyone's different. Like I was talking to someone yesterday and they're like, they were the type of person that gets like that shotgun effect. Of like that short like short burst of anxiety he's like whenever I got to get the fuck out of there like he goes towards like flight and so like uh, for me one of the things that I, I try and do is I kind of ask myself like why do I go to fight you know why is that my reaction why like what's the reason that that I don't freeze how come I maybe perhaps I should 
you know, maybe I should remove my, maybe I should practice flight more. Maybe I should remove myself from the situation more often instead of like trying to engage instantly, trying to fight instantly. Maybe I should freeze. Maybe I should just pay attention and try and be a more observant. Like it's like kind of, I have to ask myself, like, why do I gravitate towards what I gravitate towards? Mel, what's up? I kind of, well, I accidentally and not accidentally did that. I was going to wait a little longer because <laughs> um, I was going to ask how people deal with the severe side, like side of anxiety, like other than fight and flight and stuff. But like, what do you do? Because I'm thinking about my specific situation and there's it, it's a very specific time that this anxiety happens. It's on airplanes. I don't know why. Um, because I used to love airplanes. I haven't been on an airplane, obviously, in a couple years now. But the last few times I was on them, I don't like, I don't know what happens to me. But all of a sudden, yeah, like I can't breathe. I'm sweating. I have butterflies in my stomach. Like, and I can't, I, it's weird because the logical side of my brain like knows I'm okay, but it gets to the point where when I feel turbulence, it actually soothes me a little bit. Whereas before, um, the turbulence is what would make me a little bit nervous. And then I would be totally fine otherwise. And now it's almost like the turbulence, even though it still scares me in certain ways, it's almost the only thing that can soothe me on a flight. And I'm just, yeah, I'm curious, like, how do you fix that? Like, I, I, I have no idea how, like where it came from. I, um, and so far I haven't been able to calm myself down other than feeling the plane land on the ground. And then all of a sudden it just like takes like maybe 10 to 20 minutes and then I'm like, fine. Yeah. And I don't know, like it's, it's, uh, it's, it's weird because like, it's not like I have every answer. Like I can't really just like give you that, but like I can tell you my experience because planes i used to have to take medication to take planes like i used to have to take um those fucking anxiety pills you put under your tongue or whatever and uh yeah but um yeah heights fucking planes and and everything like that kind of made me super anxious and for me and, and it's interesting when you're like i don't know what why it started but it was just a couple years ago I, I don't know, like for me, like the plane thing ended and now I can just, I, I doesn't really matter to me, but I, I kind of, I can try my best to explain like what I've kind of the way I think about it. But Dr. Yaz will go first because she's a doctor. Mel, did you identify it kind of sort of where it's coming from? Is it the fear that um, you, you didn't have enough time to say advice, to say, um, you know, kind of sort of what will happen if I'm not around anymore? What will happen with, with kind of sort of everyone if anything happens to me? Not, that's the thing, not really. Um, the only thing I can think of is that maybe two or three flights before all of this anxiety started happening, um, I was on a flight home from Mexico and it was like the worst turbulence ever, like to the point where things were like flying around and I was also by myself. It, I was like the most hungover I've ever been. So that didn't help. But I was also 
I was with two other friends, but we all got separated on the flight. So I was sitting by myself with two people I didn't know. I look over and they're like white knuckle holding hands with each other. There was people crying on the flight. Um, and then when we landed, we like teetered a whole bunch back and forth. Um, so like that was a bad experience on an airplane. And that's the only thing I can think of, because like I, I don't have all these like lingering thoughts, like like what if, what if this, what if that, like I didn't have time to do this or like replaying a scenario in my head, like I wish I handled that differently. Like there's none of that goes on. Yeah, but still, it's kind of sort of, it was trauma traumatic experience that your brain actually has a coping mechanism to kind of sort of stop of thinking about it, so it doesn't relive it every time. But most definitely it was considered because you were by yourself, you're alone in that seat, no matter if you had friends in the plane. But in that specific moment, you didn't have anyone with you, close to you, to hug, to, to have that connection and kind of sort of literally kind of sort of say goodbye. So definitely it's kind of sort of trauma that happened, but it's still lingering there. So every time when you get in the plane, it's going to sort of, um, it gets, gets you bumpy. So regarding the anxiety for me um i had panic attacks last year when they almost fire me for work regarding kind of sort of security for me it's always security and i'm gonna because i live in the poverty so for me it's always going to be that part where it's considered sort of, i'm afraid that i will end up on the road or on the street but then i know it's not going to happen because at the end of the day i can always sell everything buy a ticket and go home because i have home <laughs> i have so many homes that Literally, wherever I land in Europe, I have either a family member and my parents still alive back home. And even kind of sort of, well, when, when they're gone, kind of sort of, I will have home, right? I will have my home country. So technically, it's kind of sort of that, that brain, um, that way. But um, after I got my first shot and I was flying due to all the stories, it wasn't fun getting in the plane. But I did kind of sort of, reverse that and I just said to myself you know what now you're gonna actually you know it's a shit that you are you gonna do it or you're gonna cry in a plane so basically I just start texting people that kind of sort of I literally know that they're dear to my heart and I kind of sort of said everything that was on my heart like everything that was sitting on my soul and I was like hey you know what I know people this is kind of sort of random stories and I've heard them and it's like like you know it's bothering me but I want to know everyone that kind of sort of I love you you know, whatever happens, I don't care. Personally, I had a near-death experience when I lost the control over the vehicle. And then since then, my perception of that changed. So I don't have that fear. Then sort of, I'm in peace that everything happens tomorrow, I'm done. I kind of sort of, I'm perfectly fine with it. As Carolyn said, it's kind of sort of, I made, I made a peace with it. But my communication towards the people that are very dear to me, it's kind of sort of also changed. So I'm more kind of sort of, even though they hate it or they will start making fun of me, I was like, yeah, fun, whatever. I don't care. You can make as much as fun and we can laugh at it kind of sort of. And even sometimes it's hard for me to certain people because they don't understand the concept or they will never understand it. I will make a joke around it and then just, you know, put the, put the kind of sort of, okay, this is what I have to tell you, but kind of sort of, you know, packed it in a fun way. And um, so it worked, it worked charms with certain people, but it like never worked with certain people in terms of kind of sort of because it put them in a position to think about losing someone. So it's a sword, sword with two sh like sharp edges. Like, but I did it for my own 
purpose is to kind of sort of to make peace with my decision. And for example, even when I did it, I made clear to my parents and kind of sort of, you are not helping me because you are not taking care of yourself. And if God forbid tomorrow something happened to you, I need to sit in a plane and I can't sit in a plane and I can't live with the decision that I didn't do it. And like, you know, kind of sort of type of the things that I had to go through it. And it, it was anxiety. But then I did prepare myself whole year for that because I've seen that coming because I, I as much as my parents do did me wrong in life, I wouldn't be what I am today if they didn't do it. You know, and then kind of sort of those little things kind of sort of in puzzles that put, but for you, it's definitely kind of sort of, and then my last flight in December, a flight attendant got panicky because they had emergency in the plane, but the idiot, like I stood up and she literally told me, oh, we have a technical issue. It's like, who tells you have a technical issue, like mechanical issues for me, it's kind of sort of automatically goes, you know, engine, you know, wings you know, wheels are not <laughs> going down, like shit, a lot of stuff. And I was like, who does that? Like, and then the older flight attendant came and she was like, ma'am, you're good to go to the washroom. We're all good. So they had emergency with the mom that just got a baby and she was with the baby on the flight. And, and those are the little things. And kind of, she put me in that anxiety mode for a moment. And I was like, you know what? I'm not the only one in the plane that it's by myself, literally. But Usually what I do, as soon as we board, I send, for example, to my parents, I'm on board, everything is fine, do not worry. Because if they worry, I don't know what they're going to attract, right? So then I calm them down and then I'm calm as well. For all the other kind of sort of stuff, I kind of sort of, I can't control it. So I just let it be. But for example, this time was very easy flight. But last time, as you said, it was very turbulent and constantly shaking and it kept waking me up and I was like you know what if it's my time to go I really want to be sleeping <laughs> I don't want to hear screams and all that stuff so but I do understand where you're coming from uh and I think that the older we get and you will see when you get the baby the, the kind of sort of the things the perception of fear is going to change because you're responsible for someone but if you start working now on it and kind of sort of just accept that we're all in the same boat because you have kind of sort of other parents and other things and everyone is flying and all that stuff, kind of so you calm yourself down. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. And as you were saying all of that, I think a lot of that is true and probably part of it. And then I also thought how it started to translate to other forms of travel. So one of them, I was on a ferry Mm -hmm. um, and I never get scared on ferries, but on this particular time, the reason I was on a ferry was for a very bad reason. Um, and it was at nighttime and it was rocking and stuff. So I think all of that was like manifesting in my head. And then the other time I was actually driving to the Okanagan to go visit my mom. Um, but it was for Christmas two years ago. And I had a feeling I was going to be anxious on the drive. So I wanted to drive. And we got on, once we got on the Coquihalla, there was like, like this much ice. Um, and it was kind of, it was uneven ice. And, and as soon as we got on it, I kind of had the thought like, okay, um, if I have to slam on my brakes, like I am screwed. Like there's no way my tires are going to catch and everything. Um, and I didn't want to tell Miles and I didn't want to tell my brother who were the two other people in the car. 
but I had like pretty decent anxiety and the thing like sweating, heart beating, all of that kind of stuff. And then as I kind of got a feel for the road and realized like, you know, like made sure there was space between me and the car ahead of me, tested my brakes a little bit, tested changing lanes to, to feel how it all was. The anxiety went away. And for the next, like, however much, I think there was like three hours left on our drive. I was totally fine. So now I'm kind of wondering too, if it was a control thing. Cause when I was driving in those uncertain conditions, I was the one in control and I could feel the conditions and I kind of could figure out at least what I would be able to do to control the situation, but on a ferry or on a plane, you don't have that control. Nothing. Yeah, I'm just sorry. sitting there hoping for the best. Say so like, you're like a kid, right? And you grow up in a park all the time and you're like, say like in Stanley park and you're just a kid and you go and play in Stanley park every single day. And like everything all the time is always fucking good. And then maybe last year, uh, a coyote fucking comes out and, and and bites your fucking whatever your ankle or your fucking whatever and then uh and then you associate like that new learned experience with like that part or whatever so like even though you've been there 200 300 400 times that one time where you learn hey it's possible for this to happen after that there no matter how many times you go there say like you grow up and you're an adult and you go there another 400 times and you never see another coyote but then you like you bring your kid there then you're gonna have that anxiety like even though it's only happened one out of 800 fucking times or whatever like it's like just because you've had that learned experience our brain um and and this is because of like a survival instinct like our brain will remember the negative thing like this is why social media works the way that it does as well sometimes the brain our brain is like i think it's like four times more likely to remember a bad thing than a good thing and it's like it's like a threat detection like it's supposed to tell you like hey this is a thing that could happen like so um when i look into like more things like that like and i journal about that it kind of makes me think like well what can i do to prevent these things so like it's like okay check copy like 10-4 like I understand like that's a possibility now but like if that were to happen what do I need to do all right uh, so that's where we're gonna end it today thank you guys so much there is a little bit more you know there was obviously a little bit before then we do weekly check-ins and such but um I just want to cut it short a little bit there give you guys just kind of some juicy parts but that's what you can expect from these calls and Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. So like I said before, if you uh, if you want to join this community, then reach out to me. No matter what you're going through, life can and will get better for you. So just keep fucking pushing. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Much love and peace out.